Hey, it's Jesse Castro. Welcome to my third podcast, the third podcast of the Jesse Castro Experiment. Today, we're going to continue our conversation that we started yesterday with VPN. The reason I'm talking about that and thinking about that is one of my employees, uh, one of our sales guys, asked me why it's not good to use public Wi-Fi. And I thought, well, that's interesting. Uh, Most people probably don't know this. Maybe they do. Public Wi-Fi is all over the place. You see it at airports, you see it at coffee shops, you see it at malls, restaurants, hotels. But there are some inherent risks with that. And those risks are most of the time, even though the person providing that Wi-Fi thinks they're doing you a great deal of uh, justice and, and a good favor, we don't know who set the routers up. And most routers come unsecure, or I should say unencrypted unless an IT person goes in there and sets up the encryption, that thing is wide open to the world. And that's why you get in trouble because you don't know who else is on there, nor do you know who set that thing up. So it's very tricky. If you're going to be in a public place, use the hotspot on your phone as your Wi-Fi and not the public Wi-Fi, unless, unless you have a VPN. Now, this VPN is a little bit different than the VPN that we talked about yesterday. The VPN we talked about yesterday was specific to your office. So your router at your office has VPN capabilities. Your IT people set that up. It allows you to VPN from your home to your office and then into your computer. This is the same concept, but it's a VPN that's around the world. So these types of VPNs are safe. They're cheap. First of all, I use it. I use one every day uh, and they're cheap. They're about 10 bucks a month, 15 bucks a month. And you have five devices that you can put these things on. They have something called split testing. We'll get back to that in a little bit. But I just want to talk about the attacks that can happen in public Wi-Fi areas. So there's several different attacks and different things that people do. We'll talk about some. Uh, There's one called man in the middle. And basically that's an eavesdropping type of attack. And it happens when a computer makes a connection to the internet, that data is sent from point A or computer A to point B, which is a service or a website. And vulnerabilities can allow attackers to get in between those transmissions and read them. And we're talking about vulnerabilities in the operating system. So every time you go and you do an update through Microsoft, you know how often you have to do that? Well, sometimes people don't update these or they're using an operating system that's no longer supported by Microsoft like Windows 7. If you're using Windows 7, you no longer have security updates. And there are going to be all kinds of vulnerabilities because hackers study that stuff. Now they know what vulnerabilities are in Microsoft Windows 7. So don't use it. Make sure you're doing your updates. That's the man in the middle of tax. There's others called uh, like an unencrypted networks. And that's where the router comes brand new. It is not set up for encryption yet. And some people just plug it in and it'll work. You plug it in, it's ready to go and they don't ever set up the encryption on it. Now it's a wide open network. Anybody anywhere can get in. You can think of it as a big, huge door. And not just like the door in the front of your house. We're talking like a huge garage door. You can just walk in and take anything you want. There's also malware distributions. You know, people will tell you things, uh, you know, download this sexy software and we'll give you, you know, you'll have 
you know, hours of fun playing this game. Well, along the road, they're putting malware and all kinds of other things on your system. So be careful with that. Something called snipping and uh, snooping and uh, sniffing. And that's basically what it sounds like. Cyber criminals are using tools that are free and you can get them right off the web. And they're sitting there sniffing the traffic. So as traffic is coming through, they're looking to see what's going on, looking for your password, looking for your credentials, looking for numbers, everything that they can, they can use that data for what they're doing. And of course, malicious hotspots. That's when somebody takes a device and creates a, their own hotspot and they might put it in a backpack. Let's say I'm at a McDonald's and I do that. And you walk in and I am sitting there pretending that I'm working on my laptop, but I have this device there. I've already asked the people at McDonald's what the password is to their Wi-Fi. They give me the password. I set up that router that's in my bag and that router now has the identical credentials as the router that they have. But since you're so close to me, mine overpowers theirs. And so you log into mine and I see your credentials and I watch everything that you do. You're still on the wireless because you're going to get out. And then I get up and leave and all of a sudden your internet drops for a minute and you think, what the heck happened there? And then you log back in. Now you're on their wireless. You're on McDonald's wireless. But I've already stole your credentials. That happens much, much more often than you think. So don't use public Wi-Fi without a VPN. Now, there are several types of VPNs out there. Uh, ExpressVPN is one of them. NordVPN is another good one. I think Norton Secure VPN is out there as well. I'm not a big Norton fan, but that, that one works as well. What it does is when you connect, just like it does at your office, you're connecting to a router that has VPN capabilities, but these routers are all over the world. And so what happens, you connect to that router, now you have the IP address of that router from that country and from that uh, ISP there. So I can click on mine and I can log into Egypt and I'll have an IP that comes from Egypt. And so if somebody was doing what I just talked about at the McDonald's, they would see an IP from Egypt and they would not be able to see anything that I'm doing. See, in order to be on somebody's Wi-Fi, you have to have the same IP address scheme as they do. And everybody knows, you've heard this, these numbers before, 192.168.1.1. That is a, that's an IP address and that's like your house address. So we know what system is what by those IP addresses. And if you're on the same subnet, which if I had a, if my router was 192.168.1.1 and your PC got an IP address from it and it was wireless, it might be 192.168.1.2. Well, now they're on the same network. So that's how that works. That's how they can log into you and find you and follow you because you're on their network. But with the VPN, it changes that IP address because you're on somebody else's router in a different country or in a different, uh, you could be even here in the States, it doesn't matter where it's at, as long as it's not that person's router. And you're still connecting to their router, but that VPN is closing that off for you. So they cannot see anything that you're doing. You're on a completely different subnet. So you're protected. They're very cheap. They're you know, between, I think, 5 and $15 a month. And you get five 
licenses so you can put it on five different devices. Very, very cool stuff. I would not use hotspot. Don't go to Starbucks and use their Wi-Fi. You don't know who's doing what. Don't go to McDonald's and use their Wi-Fi. Don't go to a hotel and use their Wi-Fi unless you have a VPN protecting you. The reason I bring this up is because we're going to talk about the next subject, which is two-factor authentication. If you don't know what two-factor authentication is, let me explain. So if you've been someplace, like say you logged into a bank and they said that they're sending you a code and you get that code, that is two-factor authentication because that code was sent directly to your phone. Nobody else has your phone but you. It's a really easy way for us to make life very difficult for hackers because they might be able to get your password. But if you have two-factor authentication turned on, they have to have that second form of authentication. And that only goes to your cell phone. They don't have access to your cell phone. So they can't make the change that they want to make. And it's very, very funny because on my Facebook page, I have, well, I have two-factor on everything. But my Facebook page is funny because people are trying to hack into that all the time. And sometimes they're successful. And it's funny because they'll send something and they'll want to make a, a change to the password and then it asks them for the two-factor authentication and I get a code. And I'm like, okay, somebody's trying to hack in. So the very first thing I do is I walk over and I log into my system, I go into Facebook and I change my password. If you don't have two-factor authentication turned on with all of the apps that you get on and with all of the websites that you do business with, you need to think about that. Two-factor authentication. It's also called multi-factor authentication. There's lots, of, there's lots of different things that you can do. But make sure that you're using some form of protection every time that you're going out there, every time that you're at a place where they have free Wi-Fi. If you have the VPN that I'm talking about, then it's a really, really good thing. I talked a little bit at the very beginning of this about uh, split testing. So I like ExpressVPN and NordVPN because they do what is called split testing. And sometimes when you log into a VPN, especially these VPNs on your phone, it can be a little bit slow. And so split testing allows you to say, okay, I only want my Chrome browser, I only want my Apple Safari browser to be encrypted. If I'm gonna get email, let my email come through normally so that I don't have to see that. But I want all of my browsing to be safe. And it makes a ton of sense because all of the stuff that you're using on your email is as long as, now again, I wanna make it very, very clear. If you're in a public place, you don't use that Wi-Fi for that. Just let it all go through the VPN or let it go through your hotspot on your phone. But there are circumstances that, that you'll want to do that. I use that every day inside of my office and on all of my computers because I'm in places that, that most people don't usually go. And so I have my internal office and I'll turn off the, 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 I'll turn the splitting on just for my browsing and I'll leave it open for all of my applications so that my email comes in very quickly I can use any application without a problem 
but only on the internet. It is very secure and safe. Nobody can see that. And we're going to talk tomorrow about the Tor browser, T-O-R. This is going to get really interesting. I'm going to give you just a little bit of what we're going to talk about. It was developed by the United States Navy. It is what most people use in the dark web. It's very fascinating how it started, what happened, why does everybody have access access to it today? But the Tor browser creates anonymity. So when you're on the Tor browser, nobody can see anything that you're doing. And then when you have that followed up with a VPN, now you're safe. Right? Nobody can see anything. Hackers can't do anything. Viruses aren't going to go crazy on you. You're not going to have any of those issues. We'll get into that kind of stuff and talk about why that's important tomorrow. But if you haven't heard anything or haven't seen it, look it up. Just look it up. T-O-R browser. There's a, there's a cool little history behind it. And uh, when you're down, like I said, people who go into the dark web use it a ton. The very first time I went down in the dark web, I was looking for documents because I like to I like to find out what people are saying. You know, like the WikiLeaks thing. Are those really down there? Oh yeah, all the stuff the Snowden, Edward Snowden, leaked was down there. All kinds of of things from Hillary Clinton are down there. My point is, it's not just hackers that are down there, guys. The federal governments are down there. That's how they talk secretly to agents and to other people. The dark web started off not being dark. There are some good things about it, especially if you enjoy your freedom. We'll talk more about that tomorrow. We'll get into uh, how you get there, what's important. There's a whole bunch of interesting things down there. But education, there are so many really cool, really great uh, reports down there on education. You can learn a ton. Some of these countries, I'll give you a country, Iran. Their people can't just go use the internet like we do. So they use the dark web to communicate with the outside world. And it's fascinating some of the things you learn about these places. So it's not all bad. It's not all good either. Just like anything that starts off really good, somebody goes and perverts it and makes it bad. Tor Browser. Look it up. Thanks for listening, and I will see you tomorrow, 4 o'clock. Thanks.